Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to the FT Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Anna Dedder from the Comment and Analysis Desk. The revelation three years ago that Jimmy Savile had abused his cult status to sexually assault hundreds of children launched a tide of victims claiming historic abuse that has led to an influx of older people in the UK's jails, bringing the attendant practical problems of caring for the old and infirm and ethical dilemmas such as whether the demented and dying should be locked up at all. This report is by Helen Worrell, who was given rare permission for a journalist to visit a jail and went to Rye Hill Sex Offenders Prison which its governor says is run more like an old people's home with a very large wall around it than a penal institution. Every morning, the 625 inmates at Rye Hill Sex Offenders Prison in Rugby, Warwickshire, are released from lock-up to attend daytime activities. The sea of grey-haired men make slow progress as they stagger from the wings, aided by sticks, pushing fellow inmates in wheelchairs, and in some cases, limping with apparent pain. Last through the Iron Gates is a man in his seventies, smartly dressed in a beige and burgundy cardigan, checked shirt and sandy-coloured trousers, with a neat side-parting, who raises his hand in a cheery wave to the director as the doors are banged shut behind him. As the inmates trail past, Richard Steadman acknowledges that in many ways the penal institution he runs is more like, quote, an old people's home with a very large wall around it. Three years ago, the revelation that the children's TV presenter Jimmy Savile had sexually assaulted hundreds of children rocked the British establishment. It sparked new allegations about other prominent figures across society, the church, the security services and within the heart of Westminster. Suddenly emboldened, a tide of victims claiming historic abuse has contributed to a spike in reports of sex crimes, which have risen by more than 40% in the last year alone. Now, prosecutions for these past offences and the resulting influx of older people into UK jails, are placing new strains on a prison service already struggling to find cuts of at least 25% under the government's austerity regime. In 2015, the number of over 60s in jail topped 4,000 for the first time on record, more than double the figure 10 years ago. This has become the fastest-growing age group in custody. The Prisons and Probation Ombudsman recently investigated the case of a 94-year-old prisoner who had been removed from a care home to serve his sentence and died after falling out of bed in his cell. To avoid such incidents in future, governors more used to restraining violent young men than nursing the elderly are now touring hospices, hospitals and care homes to gather expertise on the treatment of the ill and the dying. Alongside these practical considerations come wider ethical dilemmas for society, whether it is right to enforce punitive regimes on the terminally ill, how to rehabilitate those who will never be released and whether there is any point in incarcerating those who are so old or so demented that they do not even know they are in prison. Nowhere captures this new demographic challenge more perfectly than Rye Hill, which last year converted from a training prison holding predominantly younger criminals into a specialist jail for those convicted of sex crimes. The effect of this change has been dramatic, as the youthful, ethnically mixed population 
has morphed into an ageing white one, dominated by the professional classes. Nearly one in five of the inmates is aged over 60. 40% are over 50. G4S, the justice outsourcer which runs the prison, has had to invest in stair lifts to allow disabled residents access to the first floor education centre and has furnished the shower room with ramps, safety handles and non-slip flooring. The company has tripled the number of chiropody clinics on offer and must regularly deploy staff outside the jail to escort inmates to cancer screenings and chemotherapy sessions in the local hospital. Although 25 prisoners are confined to wheelchairs, only eight cells are equipped for disabled residents. The numbers of inmates with diabetes, hypertension and asthma has rocketed. As budget cuts and staff shortages have taken hold across the prison estate, the Ministry of Justice has clamped down on journalistic visits to jails but the Financial Times was given rare access to Rye Hill to research this piece. During a tour of the facilities, the prison's director, Mr Steadman, admits that during the change of prison role, he was, quote, generally taken aback by just how many of the population were elderly, and that it had taken time to grasp what the consequences would be. He says the sex offenders are less aggressive than the previous younger population, but have more complex psychiatric needs, and are skilled at manipulating both staff and each other, Some of those who know they will never leave prison make repeated suicide attempts and the level of self-harm at the jail are extremely high. The director explains, In terms of incidents of violence, they assault each other less, so you spend less time dealing with both the assault itself and the aftermath of that. Staff are off sick less as a result. But the challenges that come with this new population almost outweigh that because while staff might not be going sick, we get people who come to us and say, I've had to spend lots of time just reading very, very unpleasant specifics of certain cases, and actually I need a break from that. Managing the most difficult inmates falls to the segregation unit, which temporarily houses those who are being violent, have become a threat to themselves, or are exhibiting over-sexualised behaviour. Pete Bates, head of the specialised team, acknowledges the problems managing disruptive prisoners, who are nevertheless so decrepit that they cannot get out of a chair unaided. The prison officer says... You are greeted with a really frail little old man sitting in front of you, but you can't ignore the fact that he might have done something really, really wrong. Still, Mr Steadman emphasises, it would be naive to see physical frailty as a sign that older offenders are harmless. He says, some of the prisoners here will use their physical presentation to aid their offending. That is part of his approach in terms of gaining people's trust and people thinking, well, actually, he's 80-something, he's in a wheelchair... Therefore, I'm going to leave my children with him as maybe a kindly neighbour or something like that. But absolutely, he can pose a real physical risk. This contrast between the prisoners' outward appearances and their ongoing threat to society presents the most testing problems for the penal system. As Category B inmates, all those at Rye Hill must be double-cuffed while in transit, even if they are ill or en route to hospital. The prison has in the past approached local hospices to help with end-of-life care for some inmates, and a few have agreed, even though this could put offenders in the path of visiting children. The consequences of accommodating older prisoners also spill out beyond the justice sector into other public services, such as the NHS and local authorities. One Rye Hill inmate is taking up a permanent hospital place which he doesn't need because no cell in the prison is big enough to accommodate his specialised bed. At a time when many British pensioners are struggling to pay for nursing home costs and the government has cut its social care budget, It is striking that the public sector is taking on much greater caring responsibilities by incarcerating more older people. 
Despite the inevitable impact of ageing prisoners on already straightened prison spending, the MOJ says it does not have any estimates for how much this is costing nationally because the responsibility for making reasonable adjustments is being borne by individual institutions. But, as governors warn, this cannot go on for long. G4S says that sending six staff to bedwatch for a single prisoner over 24 hours in hospital represents a significant increase in personnel spending. Still, Jerry Petherick, G4S's Managing Director of Detention and Custodial Services, is adamant that there is no alternative than to provide the best level of care possible. He explains, How we look after people at this stage of their lives is a real mark of how we respect people, how we care for people, and that's so essential. You have to set the culture. I think we take away so much from the prisoners. These are people who have had their freedom removed, and very often, even in places like Rye Hill, they will have been left with very little at the end of the day. However, others argue that as the prison estate adapts to this new ageing population, some traditional assumptions must be challenged. Nick Hardwick, Chief Inspector of Prisons, recalls a recent conversation about an inmate with dementia who, quote, wasn't terribly clear about where he was. The Chief Inspector says, I don't know what the point of him being in prison was. If he really doesn't know he's there, then you think, well, we're losing the plot here a bit, actually. Under new legislation which came into force this year, local authorities now have social care responsibilities for prisoners even before they are released from custody. As councils grapple with this change, Mr Hardwick is concerned about the potential public perception that inmates with long-term care needs are in competition with others in the community. Mr Hardwick says, I don't buy into all this stuff about prisons being holiday camps, but the one group for whom life in prison might conceivably be better than life on the outside is if you were an elderly sex offender who is in rather frail health, who'd be disowned by your family and friends. Then maybe, actually, being in a decent older person's wing in a prison where you were being cared for and you were getting your meals regularly, the healthcare centre was not too far away and you could get to it. Actually, that might not be such a bad deal. The Chief Inspector suggests there needs to be a more rigorous analysis of why some criminals are being incarcerated in the first place. He says... I do think we need to have a wide think about why exactly are we sending these people to prison and are there any other ways that we could either manage their risk or register our disapproval of what they've done. He suggests that offenders could make reparations based on the financial consequences of their crimes or be detained within their own homes. He adds, Prison is the appropriate place for some men because I think that is probably the only way you can mark the full gravity of what they've done and it's necessary to keep people safe but I think there are lots of guys who committed less serious offences some time ago and don't really know what's happening to them, and you think, well, what are they doing here? While this may be a rational perspective, it is bound to be controversial. Earlier this year, the Crown Prosecution Service announced that the Labour peer Lord Janna, who has dementia, was unfit to stand trial, despite being accused of 22 sex offences dating back to the 1960s, mostly against youngsters aged under 16. The decision sparked a public outcry and was overturned after an independent review. Lord Janna is now due to face a trial of the facts, even though he was so confused in court during a recent appearance that he was barely able to confirm his name. The reversal of the initial CPS decision has been hailed as a victory for the rights of victims to review the prosecution service's rulings, but some critics doubt whether the current system is even serving the abused as well as it could. Francis Crook chief executive of the Howard League for Penal Reform, believes that restorative justice methods, such as South Africa's truth and reconciliation process, 
could be a useful model for better helping victims to heal. She explains, We've gone down a knee-jerk route of using the criminal justice system. The only thing we're offering is punishment to the person who did it. But that's actually not victim-centred. That's mostly not what victims want. People who are abused as children need support and they need suckle. They want recognition that something happened that was bad, but concentrating masses of resources on punishing the perpetrator is spending an awful lot of money in the wrong place, it seems to me. At Rye Hill, Mr Steadman is keen to keep ageing residents positive and occupied. The flower displays throughout the jail courtyards, painstakingly tended by inmates, are being entered for the Windlesham Trophy, the Royal Horticultural Society's annual competition for the best-kept prison garden. The gym, previously dominated by iron-pumping youngsters, now holds a game of bowls on Saturdays. A walking club meets twice a week for a leisurely stroll around the prison's perimeter. As more elderly inmates have entered the jail, one former training workshop has been repurposed as a care centre where over 65 can choose between art projects such as matchstick modelling, decorating jewellery boxes and making plaster of Paris sculptures. Initially there was only space for 30 people, but now the facility can accommodate more than double that number and there is a long waiting list for each week's intake. Prison officers observe from the edges of the room, but otherwise there is nothing to distinguish this from the scene in any care home throughout the country. One prisoner in his 60s sits quietly at a desk, editing a short story he's written about a long-ago Tunisian holiday. He's polite and articulate, explaining that he's also doing a horticultural course, an IT class, and is active on the prisoner's council. I'm engrossed by what I do. I'm very, very rarely on the wing. I could sit here all day and all night, he says brightly, not mentioning the prospect of ever being released. For me, there just aren't enough hours in the day. To hear Helen talk more about her visit to Rye Hill, go to ft.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.